Hello and welcome to Eavesdrop and Get the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've come back from seeing uh, The Rider, mm. which is a contemporary western written, directed and produced by uh, Chloe Zhao. Yes. Or, or Zhao Ting. <laughs> I'm sure I'm pronouncing that brilliantly. Um, <laughs> her name in the original Chinese. Yeah. She, she's, she's a Chinese uh, director, writer and so on. And from what I can tell, this is basically a completely in- independent production. Um, or fairly independent that it was only picked up at Sundance I think yes um, with a cast of non-professional actors yes uh, playing all characters that share their names yes uh, for the most or well, their first names at least to make it easier um, it's about a a young uh, bronco or bucking bronco rider mm. former uh, who's injured when he's he's thrown from his horse and it stamps on his head basically yeah. he starts off with uh, he's got a, a, a massive wound on the on the right hand side of his head, just covered up by gauze, and he's kind of picking at it. Um, and he's obviously been he, he's a little bit slower and a little bit. Uh, it's rather like remember Journeyman, the uh, the, the Paddy Considine film where it starts off with yes. him with him being grievously injured as a boxer, mm. uh, and then the film is about his his uh, overcoming that injury. There's there's some similarities to this, I think. A little um, bit. Some. It, um, uh, yeah, I wouldn't push it too much. Uh, but that's how, that's certainly how it kind of starts. Mm. Um, and um, he's got a, a sister with autism who's about 14, 15 years old. His dad uh, doesn't take very good care of the family, kind of gambles. Uh, this is in, it's set in South Dakota in, in the Badlands, so it's kind of very sparse, not very much grows there. Is it the Badlands? Yeah, yeah. You can tell is that Monument is. Valley in the background? I don't know where Monument Valley is. Isn't okay. that Utah? Uh, I don't know, but it seemed but, to me that those but the, the, those steps, yeah, the kind the, of geological formations are kind of not not iconic exactly, but, but the, I think they are iconic. Well, it, they're, icon, they're iconic if you recognise them, but but I just mean the kind of well, they they have a harshness and a kind of you know memory being what it is, but it very much reminded me of the landscape of John Ford westerns. Yeah, you know, there's always a moment where they go through Monument Canyon. And it, you know, it's kind of it's very recognizable, and and I Monument mean, Valley's in Arizona. It's in Arizona, okay. um, but it's but it's similar. It has kind a of similar kind of absolutely thing. that kind of real real sparse deserts with with no vegetation, no soil, um, kind of really harsh kind of erosion. Lots of grasslands, though. So yeah, it's kind, not, it's kind not of grass, and, and and they've been able to, to to irrigate and farm, I guess. But yeah. still, it's kind of sparse, right? Yeah, it's, it's um, uh, and um, well. I didn't really have a very good time. I don't think it's that good. Um, I think it's a film that flatters people who like to say they like good cinema. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I saw this wonderful film. I I I almost agree with you in the sense that it took me a real a while to get into it. Yeah. Right. Because initially, all you could see is the faults. I thought, you know, I actually didn't know that the film was being played by non-professional actors. And I just thought, oh my God, why are they being so opaque? And, you know, um, and of course it turns out it's they're being opaque because they can't act, you know. But on the other hand, I think that there was something kind of... Um, There's something very kind of honest and heartfelt. Yes, you know, and you get a sense of the people through the silences and actually through, the, you know, things are revealed that are not instantly legible on a face, you know. And actually, you've got to get used to kind of making sense of somebody being recessive 
and withdrawn and not speaking very much. Mm. Yeah, I think the film kind of gives you a little bit of room to do that. I kind of I warmed to it, even though initially I was very irritated again almost by everything. I was very irritated by by the characters. You know, I kind of I mean not knowing that you know the sister was autistic and on the spectrum. I was kind of initially irritated by the representation of that character, <laughs> right? Uh, I thought, does she need to use that voice? So, and actually his best friend, you know, you, you see the footage, you know, and I thought, my God, initially I thought, how did, you know, how did they get an actor to look like that and then look like that? What makeup must they have used? And of course you realize, well, no, it's this real person and actually this is what happened to him. And, you know, yeah. he's now in a home, you know, uh, just his throat is disfigured and... You know, all of that is just, it's his real friend. Yeah. You know, so, um, and actually, I think the film makes excellent use of that, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's, there's um, certainly noted a focus on kind of physical and mental de- degeneration amongst people who are, who are really too young to be experiencing that. Yes. And it's self-inflicted through, yes. through, the, through the sport. I mean, I mean, I'll come out and say I think it's a stupid sport. Um, Yes. And there's no need for it, but clearly it's a kind of way of life. Yeah, and that's what the film is talking about. And but it's a limited way of life. And actually, one of the things where I couldn't buy into the film uh, all the way through is, you know, I hate I hate the film's theme, right? Because you know, part of the film's theme is, well, you know, you're you're born to be a cowboy. It's like you're calling, and if you can't ride, you can't live. And you think. Fuck off. Being a cowboy was a way of making a living in a predetermined time. You know, it's not a spiritual quest. And actually, it's a sign of the impoverishment of a nation, you know, that kind of makes you think that those are your only options, right? And you see that kind of... So, you you know, what I love about the film is it makes... It brings dignity to each character. Like, yeah. yeah. But actually, what I hated about the film is that it takes certain things as a given, you know, like kind of, you know, there are more options for men, really, uh, than those presented. Uh, even, you know, in the place that they live, that's clearly a place that has no options. It reminded me very much of a series of films um, that, I, that I talked about a few years ago, which I called, you know, Morning for America. So, um, the film that made uh, um, Jennifer Lawrence star is one of them. Lovely Bones? Or... No, but something like that. Winter's Bone. Winter's Bone, you know. Um, because that's in a, in a rural place. And actually I had scenes that reminded me of it. So for example, you know, in, in Winter's Bone, you know, they have to learn how to shoot squirrel to eat. Yeah. Here you see him going into the fields to kill something. I initially thought it was a rabbit. You know, it looked but, like a rabbit to me. Well, I thought I thought it was a rabbit, but then when you see it being chopped up, the years didn't. Oh my. Rabbit years. Maybe it's a t- maybe it's just a shit-eared rabbit. <laughs> yes. Anyway, it had kind of a lot of similarities, right? And so you know, you have this young man who can no longer be uh, um, uh, bronco ride, uh, and he kind of accepts that. But then he also learns that he won't be able to even ride. So, you know, uh, he's got no education, so really the only options that he has is, you know, to work at, they give it a different name, but it's kind of like a Walmart, right? Mm. Uh, kind of, you know, that's... Dakota Martin. Yeah, and all around him you see, you see all the detritus of American culture, right? So you have like these rusty cars in the middle of a field, 
Yeah, car Cliches parts. everywhere. Well, I, I find it very cliche. And also, the bit where he's working in the supermarket is something of a staple for me of kind of contemporary westerns, where it's like it, the contemporary western has something about living in the past about it, like acting like like classic western sort of male heroes and whatever. And then and then you get that uh, contrasted with the kind of harsh strip lighting and order of the of the supermarket mm. like it's it's an image that you see I, I feel like I've seen that before a lot yes. and, it, and I, it feels like such a cliche to me always working in the supermarket oh it's not what he wanted oh it's it's the, the you know what modern America butting up to the to the nostalgia of but I, I think it's a problem with American I think it is a problem with the film you know so this whole this thing about being a hero and the obvious thing you know if you're a poor person who's in danger of losing their trailer what the fuck do you care about being a hero? <laughs> you know, you've got bigger problems mm. than whether you fail to be a hero or not to be a hero. You know, it's not a Star Wars film, right? So I kind of... I, I didn't buy into that. However, the film has extraordinarily beautiful things. You know, I think all of the moments of training the horse... Oh, yeah. You know, I think, I think they're fantastic. I mean... The horse wrangling is spectacular. Um, it's a thing of beauty. To see. They've managed to get some of the most uncooperative horses in all of cinema, uh, but you, you can tell, like you can tell, the guy knows what he's doing, and they've spent time. Like, I mean, f- at first when I didn't know he was he was a non-professional actor, I thought How like, do do s- some magic has gone into doing this because because you genuinely see a very very uncooperative hostile horse yes. being broken. Um, and 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 be, becoming kind of tolerant of having a person on his back, and it's amazing. And it's an extended sequence. There's a YouTube video of someone doing exactly that, which it reminded me of basically. Like I thought, this is really not a film now. This is just a YouTube video that I've seen. Well, I mean, I but come, it is amazing. I come from a family of farmers, so you know, one of my childhood memories is actually kind of you know seeing my my uncles with yeah. you know training the horses. And you know, compared to my uncles, who I always thought were very expert in this. This guy's an artist, you know, and it's a, it's actually beautiful to see. And 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 one of the, it's one of those things about working with animals is especially doing something as involved as this. Mm. If you can't sell that on screen, then you've got nothing. Yeah. And of course, and and now that I know that the guy actually like has this experience, he's doing it for real. Obviously, that explains it. But yes. when, when when I didn't know that, I was hugely impressed with how brilliant it was, and that, and and you know, it's it's I suppose it's 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 not that it's less impressive now that I know it's. That the guy has the actual impressive. experience. It is still very impressive, but I suppose that there's it's, it's like explaining a magic trick. Like now that I know this information, it is a little bit less magical. Mm. Um, <laughs> thing, other things that bothered me about the film. So, so to be honest, let, let's just be clear that unlike you, I did end up liking it very much, and it did move me. And actually, it has kind of you know a Grandma Moses quality about it, right? It, it's very sparse. Kind of, you know, almost like, um, yeah, you know that that picture of the couple with the pitch yard with the pitchforks and oh, of the American barn. Gothic, Grant yeah. Wood. I kind of it has that aspect to it for me, you know. But it also it it has a dignity about the characters and the landscape, and you know, I, it kind of it renders them. I think kind of there's a stoicism and a sparseness that I find quite. Quite beautiful. I found that hugely cliched as well. I mean, the, the shots very early on of, of the kid um, sitting on the steps on his own in the middle of nowhere, just with a horse, maybe. Just I thought, God, I've, like every film of this nature has something about isolation and and being completely separate from the rest of the world and just being on your own. I thought, God, I've seen this, and so many shots are so beautiful, 
but I actually I challenge you to go into that landscape and not come out with beautiful shots. No, I agree. Actually, I, I, I didn't like the cinematography easy. at all. Yeah. You know, I mean, all that jumping camera at some point, I thought, why, right? Like, you know, and it kept going in and out of focus, right? Mm. But but then I imagine that a lot of the film was captured rather than shot, so the going yeah. in and out of focus kind of makes sense. Um, there were interesting things for me. So, for example, it's the second film that we've seen recently where young men, like the, the American Animals is the other one that I'm thinking about, don't have their mind on sex. So here's like this 20-year-old, right, who's trying to think of what to do with his life. And, you know, so the choice is he can do what he always expected to do, what he's good at. And he finds that at the age of 20 already, you know, he's mm. got decreasing options. Um, you know, but, and he's got this lovely relationship with his sister. He's got kind of a fraught, but also kind of loving relationship with the father. We can talk about that because I think we might disagree. Um, but I, found, I, I again find it odd that these young men have no, no thought of sex or girlfriends or women well, or men the difference on the between horizon. The, the difference between the two films I would pick up on is that in, in American Animals, it's that they have no ambition for anything, really. They are bored and, and you know, kind of dispossessed and all the rest. Whereas in this, his mind is set on getting back to doing what he... Like, riding is his passion. I know, but, you know... But, but so, so, it's not that he has no passion for anything. Like, he does. It's just a sexism. But it. let me give you a counterexample. Because, for example, you have all the boxing films, like, you know, John Garfield and Body and Soul. And he's meant to be the same age, right? Like, 20 or in his 20s. You know, and he only thinks about boxing. You know, but he's got a girlfriend. And, you know, kind of... Yeah, and he wants to get married. And he wants to have a family. And... You know, like, and it keeps getting delayed because of the narrative, but it's, I find it... But that is a dip. yeah, no, I appreciate that, but, it, uh, but I'm th that is a notable difference between this and American I, I don't I, think they are that comparable. I appreciate the difference, but it's just interesting that we've seen two films, one with lots of men in their 20s, and there's not a mention of sex. And I'm not even saying it's a negative thing mm. in this instance. In the other film, I thought it was a negative thing because... You know, to have all of them completely uninterested in sex just felt yeah, I think untrue. I, I, I disagree with you on that. I think that film was making a point about it. But, um, um, okay, well, we disagree on that. Uh, so, but it's just kind of something interesting and rather remarkable that two films, mm. you know, come out so close to each other with yeah. characters, you know, who are basically, for, for which sex and the sex drive is so down their list of priorities that the film doesn't even mention them. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I quite like the ending, and I wasn't expecting to, um, because as much as I disliked the sort of the idea, the film starts to talk about the idea of destiny and and, and purpose, mm. and you know, a rider rides, and that's his whole thing. And like that's it, God, God gives us all a purpose, and the horses do this, and the fish do that, and riders ride. Mm. Um, and then he gets to the point where the film gives him this choice. So basically, he's been told all throughout, you cannot go back to riding because you're going to kill yourself doing this. Yes. You know, you're already having these complex partial seizures that you, your fist, you, you can't unclench your fist, you know. It's going to get worse and worse and worse if you keep doing this. Um, but of course, he wants to. And so he gets that final scene where he says, I'm going to return, I'm going to start, I'm going to ride again. And, and the film gives him that absolute binary choice of his dad and his sister are over there, supporting him, but reluctantly so. And all the riders... Are there his mates, um, the lads basically, who are like happy to see him back? And I was, I was, I kind of was concerned really that that he would um, ride again. Mm. And 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 I, I I thought that if if that happened, the film wouldn't be suggesting it was like supportive of that. Like it didn't feel like the film would endorse that. It would know that it was the wrong thing to do. But it would be suggesting that like it is his destiny and that's what he has to do. Mm. 
Um, and I really liked the fact, I really appreciated the fact that he gives it up and goes back to his family. I th- that felt like an appropriate, the right decision, and I it liked was, it. Yes. Uh, the film would have been unbearable and stupid otherwise. Yeah. Um, I'm quite I, relieved by it. <laughs> yes. Well, I kind of, you know... Um, but I suppose I'm not sure that the entire film, despite the fact that it ends that way, I'm not sure that the entire film really embodies that message or is really saying that. Like, feel, somehow it still feels dishonest. I don't know. No, I don't think it feels... Um, dishonest is harsh. I think it feels Disin- uncritical. Okay. Rather than dishonest. Right? It's so concerned with being respectful of you the know riders, these people yeah. and this way of life that actually it remains uncritical of you know what structural absences helps construct this way of thinking you know and actually yeah. you get a sense that there are real kind of uh, um, the, the, the country hasn't done its duty by its people you know they're uneducated kind of they're hemmed in they're kind of left without options. There are people who, are, who live in a trailer and who are in danger of losing their home, right? And, you know, and, and there's very little way out of, of there. So, um, you know, so, so, so this is the thing that gives people joy and hope. And even that's kind of taken away from them, right? So what remains is family at the end, right? I didn't like the dedication. Uh, I, I wrote it down because it's dedication that comes up as soon as the film ends. It says, dedicated to all the riders who live their lives eight seconds at a time. I thought that was stupid as well, and I hated it. I didn't it. like that because I, I think that is that thing of it is. Follow your dream. It's, yeah, the thing following dreams. Like, again, I hated that as well when, when the, the, um, Lane, the kid who's been uh, horribly injured and is now in the li- assisted living facility, um, he, he kind of signs out laboriously to the kids. Follow your dreams. Don't uh, give up. Don't give up on your dreams. He says. Yeah. I'm just. And I'm thinking like, won't someone let him give up on his dreams? Like yeah. it's not the right place for him to be. Get another dream. <laughs> Find the girlfriend. <laughs> anyway, we've got to end here. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I, I did like it very much, and I would recommend uh, that people see it. It has incredibly beautiful moments, though I think it's a very flawed film. I think it's pretty but inconsequential. And if you're the kind of person who wants to show off about the film that you've just seen that no one's ever heard of, then you should definitely see it. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh.